Welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. Here we will deepen your understanding of human and spiritual integration so you can live the life of peace and fulfillment God has for you. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez. I hold a degree in theology and am a licensed professional clinical counselor and certified trauma therapist. Join me weekly for practical applications of the spiritual life. No part of this audio is to be used as mental health treatment or clinical advice. Please see a licensed mental health professional for personal consultation. And I'm going to go quiet right now. Hi, and welcome to Wholeness and Holiness Podcast. I'm your host, Margaret Vasquez, and I am super excited today because I'm joined with very special guest, Steve Picorni. And um, Steve is the founder of Freedom Coaching. He he has his own podcast. He does great things in the kingdom to set the captives free. That's what it's all about. And um, I'm super excited to talk about this because, as you know, if you've listened to my podcasts, it's just really all about connection and human and spiritual integration. And if there's nothing that chips away at our humanity and our spirituality, like pornography. And that's, um, that's exactly the area that Steve attacks and, and which, which the Lord uses him to set the captives free. So thank you for joining me, Steve. Super excited to have you here. Thank you so much, Margaret. It's an honor to be here. And um, I, I do want to share, I'm going to, I'm going to do a link in uh, to my podcast with our interview. It's the Redeemed Vision podcast. And something I didn't share, uh, share, I don't know if you've ever known this story. Um, so uh, how we got uh, got uh, connected was through work with my own trauma therapy, that one fateful week in August of 20, uh, sorry, April of 2008. And after we were done, um, I connected with a friend of mine who I told about in the, in the beginning of that week, tell him what I was doing and the, and the things that were happening. He ended up with a week with you in the middle of his, his time, his spine aligned and went pop, 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 pop as he's processing through things. So he experienced a physical healing and, um, he had done a lot, uh, he'd been in combat and lost a lot of buddies that were some of the traumas that were there. And, um, and then we sat at a friend's house afterwards, 10 p.m. We got a rip-roaring campfire going. And one at a time, we took the pictures that we had drawn. We're throwing oh, them in beautiful. there. And it was I love it. I utterly love it. cathartic. It was so I love beautiful. It. That's oh. awesome. That's it awesome. It was that awesome. That is so awesome. That's I it, what Steve's referring to is the pictures that are drawn as part of uh, intensive trauma therapy and trauma processing. I always wanted to be able to do that with the pictures that I drew when I myself was a okay. client, never had the opportunity. Finally, one, one day after like about three years, just got tired of lugging them around and just pitched them in the garbage, but it's so oh. <laughs> much more unceremonious, <laughs> but, but I, I love that. That's always what I wanted to do. Like burn, baby, burn. Yep. Burn, baby, burn. Very liberating. Very That's liberating. it. Yeah, absolutely. Consumed by the fire of God's love, right? Amen. Amen to that. So uh, yeah. just to, to get us started, why don't you tell us a little bit about, about yourself, what it was like for you growing up, where, where you grew up, that kind of thing. Sure, sure. So, I mean, we I, I met you in Steubenville, Ohio. So right up the road in Cleveland, Ohio, in a suburb, um, I grew up uh, with mom, dad. Uh, I had a brother. 
I still have a brother. I didn't have a dog. I have a dog now. Actually, I have two dogs. They're crazy. They're crazy labs. Oh, I love dogs. So, so they're they're not bulldogs. I know that, <laughs> but they're, uh, they're they're labs and they're crazy. So all's all's right with the world. But um, I um, my father was a um, was a vet in Vietnam, and um, a lot of people who went through you know war is hell, as it says, yeah, right? As we sure. just I just shared about my friend, um, and war war does things to people, right? And and especially. You know, you, you hit on the the even not just not just necessarily physical trauma, but emotional trauma that comes in there. And so my dad, um, for a wide variety of, uh, of things, um, he he suffered to a very real degree of depression. And then I think there was also again, it, it, you're talking to a lot of military people. I'm, I'm, I live in San Antonio, Texas, whoop, uh, military <laughs> city, USA. So I, I, I'm in contact with a lot of vets and a lot of active military persons. And, and one, one of the things that one of my current friends has shared um, has been, you know, you go into the military, you're taught to kill. I mean, that, that's yeah. basically what, what the mentality is. And, and we as, and, and for, for right, right reason, they're, sure, sure. they're doing defense and you have got to get real about that. Right. But the, the human person's the type of person who is what we call the love, right? Yeah, My yeah, dad. Yeah. So you 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 get the situation. You've got you got some depression from coming back from Vietnam and dealing with that stuff, and then you have somewhere in there uh, the the programming was achiever. I think that was that was part yeah. of the message. What I, what I picked up with and just thinking through his life, and so he went into into law, and lawyers. Uh, some lawyers they can do a lot of good work, but it's hard hard work. It's long hours and. Especially as you're you're beginning this, and especially if you have a family, you know, in a young family, you may not be making as much as you want. So my dad um, got caught in the notion of get rich quick, the get rich uh, quick schema, and he wanted a better house in the stock market. My my mom said no. My dad said I'm going to do it anyway. Forged the signature, and um, to his knowledge, at the time the deal lost. So he's a vet. He's looking for an escape clause here, right? Uh, I've 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 messed things up, like, and there's there's uh, I, I there's no redemption here. So the best thing is to kill myself. So my father goes into the garage, and I'm five years old at the time. Goes in the garage, closes the garage door, turns on the engine. Half an hour later, uh, my mom pulls him out of that situation. So my father's short-term memory was destroyed, and he was moved mm-hmm. to. Um, to a nursing home in um, in rural Ohio, and I would visit him every once in a while. And I'm a young boy, right? My I'm five. My brother was nine, and so um, trying to deal with the the carnage of this. My mom, to her credit, got us into some counseling, trying to deal with it, which was good, um, but still still really questioning. And, and then I'm around a man who intrinsically left me, right? That's the, that's yeah. the notion getting there. Right. And, and also just uncomfortable, right? I can't understand what's going on here. I can't relate. Like, like he can remember everything, what was before the accident, but after the accident, mm-hmm. very, very difficult, right? And, and to, and to relate there, speech is very slowed. Uh, there would even be times as I were growing up, um, he would, he, my mom, to her credit, stayed, stayed married to, to my dad. 
um, even through all that. And he, he would come home every once in a while to weekends, but it's just, it was awkward just yeah. to, to say the least. And, and you, and you talk about the, one of the keywords is connected, right? I'm not connected with him yeah, and I'm sure. beginning to feel just very disconnected with myself. Cause I've got these, I've got these emotions and pain. So my world, and I'll, I'll say this and then I'll put a pause in for commentary is um, became uh, one of very deep depression from seven or eight years old. And, uh, and the idea, like I should kill myself like father, like son. I, I distinctly wow. remember writing that in a journal. Right. So very dark clouds above me in life. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking like, his short-term memory so going forward from the accident for him was destroyed he could remember things prior to that but if you were five i mean up until three is usually like pre-verbal we we don't have so much recall of that kind of stuff so it seems like he could remember what you couldn't and the stuff where you were finally getting to where you had recall of it right he didn't so what a you know even on the very biological level what a very yeah not being able to have meeting of the minds right if you will Wow. Yeah, yeah, and actually, interesting, interesting idea. What you brought there, like my my first, I have two memories of my father growing up. Okay, these are the earliest memories. Number one is playing baseball in our front yard. Okay, there's a reason. Uh, well, I'll come back to that one. And the second one was uh, walking down a uh, a store, uh, basically the alcohol section. And I think I stuck my foot out one shattered and having to clean that up. That's, that, that's what I remember. That's um, it. I don't think anything was too emotional, too emotionally uh, traumatic on that one. But I remember like baseball was my comfort. So even going up, growing up, like I'm from Cleveland, they are always the Indians. They are the Indians will always be the Cleveland Indians. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, and um, that was always a, that was a big part. That's where I found a lot of comfort in my life. That's like finding a place because so so some kind of connection with with my father there. So it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the things you know what I always talk about in terms of connection, the pillars of connections of connection or being chosen so directly and intentionally related to being known, being valued and protected and provided for. But we're ideally supposed to be receiving those things from parents as a kid, because then we're able to, it kind of becomes our schema by which we relate to ourselves, by which we receive, right? What's received is received according to the mode of the receiver, as Aquinas says. And then out of that same mode, we relate to others. We relate back to the Lord, to ourselves and to others. And so not being able to, um, yeah, you're just, just, imagining how that would affect a parent, right. In terms of their ability to communicate being direct, you know, directly and intentionally relating and, um, and knowing, you know, communicating to a child that they're seen and heard as an individual who's very good and that they're valued inherently and protected and provided for when, when there's such a big gap in terms of, um, in terms of short-term memory, I guess I can kind of relate to that a little bit because there was a um, a client I treated um, at one point, and this person, God bless them, had been through electroconvulsive shock therapy before mm. they went through therapy, and that part of the brain was affected, and it was, it it was like you almost almost like could not have a conversation because this sentence is predicated on the last sentence I said, right? There's like a building in conversation, just in a really simple way in a very immediate way but the person couldn't even hold the prior sentence in their mind and so it was it was such a sense of feeling disconnected from that person it was extraordinarily 
difficult to mm. to relate. So, yeah. So I can imagine yeah. how that would affect anybody, how it affected me as an adult, right? And I was the therapist, much more so a five-year-old little boy, right? So, yeah. yeah. Wow. So, so going off of that, just kind of since, since the majority of the work you do is getting, you know, helping people get free from pornography, right? Is that, is that, let me just, yeah. I want to clarify, is that just males yes. or females as well? Good, good, good question. So I, I like to say, so freedom coaching, and again, it's, it's freedom-coaching.net. That's where you can find it, um, is uh, one-to-one mentoring a system, in fact, uh, but it's personalized mm -hmm. that is designed to break the attraction to pornography, masturbation, unchaste behavior mm -hmm. in both men and women. And we want to do awesome. that in a permanent way. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Okay, great, great. So, so uh, that obviously became your, your passion. And um, I just think it's so beautiful how the Lord uses what we've been through to do that. That's just, that's so beautiful. Tell me a little bit, what was your, your first, first exposure to pornography? Sure. Sure. Uh, this is going to sound crazy, but it's, tr it's, it's true. And I, 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 there was a time, like I forgot about this and then going back and thinking through like, this is it. Um, I was uh, literally seven, seven houses down from my, my childhood home. And right in the middle of the street, where I crossed the street, and this we're in suburbs, okay? Yeah. There's a brown paper bag, and this brown paper bag, I open it up. There are torn up images of hardcore pornography, right? And the experience for a lot of people growing up, especially men, uh, when they discover this, like Playboy magazine, for instance, sure. um, and this was much harder than anything found in Playboy, um, and um, it was I have to hide it. I have to, this, I have, I have buried treasure. I just won the lottery, but man, no, nobody can know about this. Right. And so, so I did that, that, that was the initial reaction there. And I think it's part of the shame mechanism, something in, like we're, we're made to experience the goodness of sexuality. We're supposed mm -hmm. to pornography is the complete antithesis to yeah, that. Right. And so, but I had no education. The only education I think was uh, in fourth was fourth grade later on. Uh, no, right, right, right right around this time. And my mom said, uh, my, a friend of mine, we were, um, we were doing Mad Libs and I, we were making dirty Mad Libs, filling them in stupid boy stuff. And she sat me down. She's like, what do you know about sex? I'm like a lot. That was the extent of our conversation. Okay. That's it. That was my, that was my sexual formation wow. growing up. Wow. So, so what age were in the you, midst of this, you found the brown paper bag? Sorry. Uh, let me jump in. Uh, so I, I would say tw 12 was when 12. I found it. Okay. Gotcha. And and right around there was that conversation with my mom. So anyway, from from there, I brought it home, and like like a supernova that I just swallowed. Like I can't keep this to myself. So I bring it. I bring it to school. I start blabbing. Um, so a kid finds out about it, and he's like, "Okay, oh, can, can I see it?" Like he comes over. We start hanging out, and uh, he's like. This is and we were, I think we were using tape trying to put the piece together, whatever pictures, trying to get the, we're trying to get the whole, which is actually a beautiful analogy. We're trying to get the whole picture, but very few of us actually have the whole, whole picture. Right. So we do what we can in our life with what we have. Right. right. And if we don't, don't get into what those emotions were, especially when we're trying to put the picture together, we're fractured. Mm -hmm. We're just shattered. And, and that was what was going on. So on the spot, so you got to, and he also, here's an interesting theme. He's a, he's a boy, his parents experienced divorce. Uh, divorce. He's living with his mom, doesn't have a healthy relationship with his father. And I think 
if I remember correctly, he also was exposed to pornography. So this wasn't just out of the blue. So gotcha. he's finally discovering my buried treasure. And what is he? What he says, I'll give you twenty dollars. I mean, twenty dollars is a six as a sixth grader, oh, a whole sure. ton of money back, especially his, back then, like nineteen ninety. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So I traded up. So I, at twelve years of age, yes, I became a porn peddler. Congratulations, wow. right? So, wow. um, so I didn't know what I was doing, um, and that was that was really where where this 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 real thirst for this really began in me, and it would lead me to other events. Wow. Yeah, it just makes me think of I. I don't know if perhaps you've heard this story. Have you ever have you heard about Ted Bundy and how? Have you oh, ever yeah. heard his story? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if yeah. you you can jump in here if if you remember sure. it di differently. The way I remember it, no, this was when he was. So if if any of you are young enough that you don't know who Ted Bundy is, he was a serial killer back in the seventies, I believe, and. Um, mm -hmm. and actually had lots of television stations clamoring for his last interview. And he only, um, agreed to give his last interview to Dr. Dobson because he felt like Dr. Dr. Dobson wouldn't, um, like alter his message. He wanted to actually get out the message about how bad pornography was. And he's, he talked about his brother and himself walking around, the neighborhood when he was a little boy and out by the um the garbage this man on the back street or whatever it was he had put out a stack of mm -hmm. pornography they stumbled upon it and then it just became obviously addictive and then like more and more and more and more and his his message was that um objectifying the person to its nth degree is murder like that's that's that taken to its nth degree and but it's just the brown paper bag and the walking, you know, I mean, it's not like you were yeah. out looking for it, just like him, right? You're just, you're walking around the yeah. neighborhood that, that should be safe enough. Yeah. Satan, right? I, I mean, so, some commentary on that, which is, which is interesting. I like to say that like Satan dropped one of the poison apples for me and I was just hungry enough. I was, so there yeah. was this, there was this, excuse me, a space in me yeah. that I was ready and willing to devour. Mm -hmm. Right. It was, it was, it was a, it was a perfect storm because I had the lack of connection going on at home. Yeah. And then it's interesting you mentioned Ted Bundy because no, not everyone that uses pornography becomes a serial killer. Sure, okay. Was, yeah. But there have been some studies actually learning this when I, um, I was in seminary for four years, one of the guys um, was studying sociology and somehow was studying about serial killers and found that 50, I think it was like 55 out of hundred of them had some major expo had exposure to pornography that kicked us off. And, and I think through this, I think of like Helena of Troy, beautiful woman, a whole war is fought over there. Um, lust typically often leads to violence, right? Let's, yeah. let's unpack that a little bit, right? You, you have inside of us, right? What is, what is the image of, of pornography or even unchaste behavior in many cases or just fantasy? It's trying to meet a genuine good new, need, a good need in a way it never can. So we're trying to seek this out here in a big way. It can't. It fuels more and more and more. I want more. And and then the I, because the stuff that we're doing in the privacy of our own bedroom doesn't just stay there, right? We want to project it out. And certainly not everybody who watches pornography goes and acts out all the things, but the mindset is there. And for those who make that leap, because I want something here. What what I'm really looking for is love. I'm looking for connection. I'm looking to be seen, to see and be seen, to love and be loved. We're yearning for this. I can't find it here. And because this is a 
a glorious human person who's unique and unrepeatable with their own thoughts, feelings, desires, lack of libido, libido maybe, right? Mm-hmm. And opinions. And God, God forbid a woman has opinions uh, and has a deal and a man has to deal with that, right? If they've been, and I'm, I'm being completely facetious I, I on know, that, know, uh, everyone, everyone here, I want to make sure everyone hears me on that. I'm married and yes, she has her own opinions and she is strong willed. Um, so thank God for my wife keeps me in line. But, um, but here, right. We like, we're, we're finding that, um, this is a real person I deal with. Well, fantasy, um, reality can't compete with fantasy. It never, it, it's not, it, it can't, right. We do have to dream. I want to make that clear, but in that sex, in that sense. And so when that, that, when those emotions get there, it immediately moves. You're not providing what I need and for, and what's underneath lust. And this was true for me. My levels here for lot was lot, and when you pulled back the curtain and you started digging into this stuff, was all this lust, then anger, then um, uh, it was control, and then fear. Mm-hmm. All yeah, these yeah. layers here, right, right, right. And so, so from so from here, right, I can see how they would act that out in violence. I can see how that would be there. And 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 let's just make this more simple, right? Where does Planned Parenthood get all its customers from? It's not just the woman just, mm-hmm. oops, happens to get pregnant. It's because, <laughs> right? right? Men are not learning to love these women. Then they get they get what happens naturally through that act. And then we have to do an act of violence against both the, both the child and the child's mother, right? So this mm-hmm. is a cycle that's going on and on. And the cycle needs to be broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen. Makes me think that when you were first starting to talk about that, it was making me think, no, it's not against the the woman, but I'm thinking about, I mean, even back to like David and Bathsheba, right? It's like send Uriah up mm. to the front lines, right? Like, yeah, just always Cover himself. goes from like um, a proper response to the Lord's dominion to I have to have dominion, right? Like over creation and not a, not an aspect of creation i was meant to have dominion over you know like the animals or that kind of thing right they always think they which always is think, go ahead please well I, I just no this is an interesting point please don't lose your train of thought but this yeah, is okay. this is important what, what you're saying here right i'm thinking this just flash into my head pornography shows a bunch of naked bodies mm-hmm. right but when when the sin gets discovered when we miss the mark that's what sin is right sure. when the when the when we settle for less right and that gets discovered. What do we want to do? We want to hide there. Whereas mm-hmm. what does the Lord want to do? The Lord Jesus, what he wants to do is he wants us to get spiritually naked. He wants to become utterly, totally vulnerable here. Mm-hmm. And what happens in, in that look of love, when you allow the Lord to peer into that, to let him into that space, it's not shame, but it's acceptance. Yeah. It's connection. And there's actually healing and wholeness that can come in and through that. Yeah. So the question is, which do we want? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. If, if you've never, if you ever listened to Peter Gabriel's song, In Your Eyes, you ever listened to that mm. song? That always makes, Beautiful. to me, that's Beautiful. such a God song. Like it's just such a Lord's, in your yes. eyes, you know, in your eyes, I am complete, right? It's just, it's such a, mm. the being seen is a good thing. It's not something to hide from, yes. you know? Back to, yes. you were talking about what was underneath and you mentioned um, powerlessness, I think. And that's something that I always see. We can either respond to powerlessness, my experience of powerlessness as um, from a place of 
it sends me to fear and then sends me to self-reliance. And then that sends me ultimately to a sense of inadequacy because I don't have control over everything that sends me to a place of shame and a greater sense of disconnection, or I can respond to powerlessness from a place of trust in God. And then that leads me to a place of gratitude, right? And then a sense of a greater sense of connection. So it's really that moment of powerlessness and the choices we make in that spot are so pivotal. They really, the road diverges at at that spot, but we can really use those, um, those experiences for good in a, in a, in a deep growing and intimacy with real authentic intimacy, right? Not the pseudo intimacy of, of pornography. Um, What would you say pornography was, was doing for you? I mean, we have kind of like where that, that hole that was created in your heart and then the poison apple that was, was dropped there to fill that Mm. hunger. What did it do? Yeah. Mm, that's good. This is a, it's it's a great question. I was just thinking about this. Um, and it's actually one that we we do ask our we ask our clients early on in our process. What is pornography doing for you? Right. If we really take a step back, right, because the any of the would have been titled depraved actions. Right. Yeah. We are not depraved. We are we never can lose our value. Right. But but for me. Um, I think there's, it is that thirst for fatherhood, that thirst to have my masculinity affirmed to like, as good. And and let's make this very clear. My mom um, tried to bring other healthy men into my life. Thank God my grandfather was wrong. My father's father, Mm -hmm. right? He was a good, he's a, he was a good man, right? Thank God I had my next, my neighbor across the street would help me to learn how to ride my bike. I had my next door neighbor who in fourth grade, a cool guy, Mr. Hopkins. I think that was his name. Um, so if he's listening, give me a Jim Hopkins. Uh, give me a, give me a shout out there. Nice. Um, fourth grade, fourth grade. I would, uh, I was, I had hurt my foot and he offered to give me a ride to school. And as I'm driving up to school, which is a seven minute drive to elementary school, I'm, I'm like, this hope is rising in me. Like I, like, I hope people see, see that I have a father. Like I, I've got, mm. like maybe, maybe they'll see me as, as maybe we're a whole family or like that. I have a father that I'm not, I'm not this freak and I'm, I'm not on the outside and I'm not, I, I, I yeah. that I, I actually fit in that I, I can relate with you. Mm-hmm. Right. And so that, that, that hope was there. So there's, there's this. And, and so when, when a boy does not experience his father being present, it is a, Again, this is also very true. The, the one, this is, I would argue, one of the top three wounds, if not top two wounds, if not top wound of most people walking around with problems is this fatherless, right? And it's boys and girls, right? And we either will get that father wound healed or we're going to try to stuff that, stuff that wound and fill it with anything else, right? And it's the same, it's, it's connected with the God-shaped hole of who God the father is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And as a side note, we can say Satan's bent on the human race is one big father wound that he has and he refuses to come to the table to let his father love him. Right. And so for me, like try and as good as these other men were t- trying to be also, also um, big brothers, big sisters. That was another big, big, another big part of my life. So my mom to her credit, try and do it, but, yeah. but it, it's, it's, it doesn't, it's not the end all be all. 
right? Mm-hmm. As good as they sure. were trying to be, like still the searching, searching, searching is coming in here. And so enter pornography into the into the scene, right? There is comfort, they, like untwist the lies, right? There are beautiful people there. There's some semblance of, of an appearance of love, some semblance of connection of, um, even in the hardest of pornography, right? Something's in there. And these were only images, by the way, this is an internet. And, and so it stirred up things in me. And so as much as there was some sort of um, a, 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 an appearance there, but as I, as I got into videos, as I got into the stuff on the internet, right? The guilt, the shame, the self-hatred was starting to, it was like the cancer mm-hmm. underneath beginning to corrupt here. The, I'm a very extra, uh, extroverted guy, if you didn't know, but this wanting to push people away, wanting to mm-hmm. keep them at arm's length. If you knew God, if you, God forbid, if you knew who I am, you would reject me as much as other people were. So I'm kind of the life of the party, but it's, it's kind of like the, um, uh, Oh man, um, like Tommy Boy. Um, who's the main actor? Chris, Chris. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Farley, right? He's a hilarious dude, but he died of a drug overdose. Um, John mm-hmm. Belushi, right? Same kind of stuff. Able mm-hmm. to make a lot, but we oftentimes use that great tool, right? That because we're trying to meet a genuine need, yeah. and if it's not a redeemed thing, if God is not in the center of that, something is going to be missing here. So, as much as I had, I had grown up Catholic, like still. Things were not clicking in in here, and I'm still searching, 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 and I'm pushing away the people that li- not letting them in fully, not let them see me because um, I'm definitely afraid. I'm definitely afraid to go there. Wow. But I was dying. It's I'm, I'm killing myself. Yeah, it just it just how um, how insidious, right? Because we're made for connection. That's what you're what you're longing for. That's what it seems like this poison sapple is going to fill. And then it has the exact, you know, diametrically opposed, right, thing that it's affecting, like that sense of shame within yourself. So causing that disconnection there that's causing you to isolate from other people. And so then that, you know, just ripples outwards, right? And so it's disconnection, 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 instead of that connection. It makes me think of, I know I, I quote this all the time, but but Dr. Vincent Folletti, um, just he, I heard him speak once and he said, you can never get enough of what almost works. Right. And that's just kind of see that like exactly in what you're talking about. Um, yeah. I mean, I yeah. Just, I mean, is that, is that not, it's the illusion, the illusion of pornography, the illusion of, of the tenderness and closeness there. And that will, uh, oh man, there's an old song, an old song by um, Brian May of of Queen. He was a guitarist, and in a solo album, he said it was too much love will kill you. And I think the semblance of that—it's not real love, right, 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 right. It's the appearance, the appearance that love that'll drive a man and a woman yeah. insane. And I was there. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I want to jump back to the very beginning for a second. You said that your sure. father yeah. thought that he had lost by uh, did he actually well check this out this is this is this is this little life lesson for all of us so hear this clearly so um my mom was was married to my dad but would have a boyfriend and i don't like i think she was faithful uh sexually i think i think she was which was a message I, somewhere ro- rolling around my head i think that's what it was and um 
1993, she went with uh, um, went with that boyfriend down to Columbus, Ohio, to ever find out what happened with that deal. And because we didn't lose the house, I mean, like we were we were there. Um, the deal never went through, never got submitted. Mm. So I I like to, I mean, in learning wow. this, I mean, so many like I'm just like, oh wow. my gosh, Dad, Dad, why, why, yeah, why? Yeah, right? right? But, those, those, like stirring up those aches and those pains and, and learning that. And, and it's, I think the lesson here is we, the, the, the word fear, it's often been said, it's an acronym, false evidence appearing real. Mm-hmm. And we, mm-hmm. we get caught up in the idea that when those fears come up, we, many people, especially if you're on the melancholic uh, realm, I'm a choleric, but a melancholic realm, the worst thing possible is there. And we like to stay there. Right. And then, Pretty much, though, when we come to that event, whatever that event is, very rarely does that worst thing happen. I like to say the worst thing ever, you died in sin. And well, if you're still alive, you're still alive. So praise God for that. Right. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah, I mean, my so my father and and was was built into me. One of the things I picked up from my father was to give into my fear. Like I allowed mm-hmm. fear to control me for many, many years. And and when we and, and connect this with a brokenness of sexuality not feeling comfortable in my own skin, not able to connect with females in, in, in a healthy, wholesome way, right? And getting my life stolen for. So being basically a facade of, of who I really am. And when, when, uh, when a person, just speaking from the professional work that I do, when a person is not in possession of oneself, it is a very, very painful place to go. And, and either we're going to proceed down a path uh, that's trying to find answers. We're going to start to, we're going to wake up and be like, I got to do something about this or drug, sex, and rock and roll. We're going to f- feed that space that is a genuine need. And we're um, with something, anything to try mm-hmm. to at least numb the pain right. and, and being numb. I was there for a long time. I, and again, I think that was one of the things of walking into your office um, I knew I, I felt I was feeling on some days feeling pain, but also just this huge numbness. And like, it's the, the absence, like I want to feel freaking something, anything. And, and again, something that came out of that was a whole lot of anger and needed wow. to work through that as well. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Another, another quote you're making me think of Johan Hari, British journalist did a Ted talk on addiction and closing line. He says, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like what what do you do when you when what you're addicted to is what is like <laughs> it's directly causing that disconnection, right? It's just yeah. it's so insidious, so insidious. Yeah. How was porn? What was pornography doing to you? Can you describe that? Obviously, what you were longing, mm-hmm. you know the. Um, what it was masquerading as there, that's the word, what it was masquerading as was um, what was going to cause a sense of connection and a sense of masculinity. What, what was it actually doing? Mm. Okay. So I always put, uh, as I'm, as I'm talking to people about this and, and, and yes, um, I'm certainly throwing myself in the mix. Um, for me, it's, it came down to three things. It's guilt, it's shame and it's self-hatred. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So guilt, guilt is I am, I have done a bad thing. Okay. So I grew up Catholic. I have this background, right? I knew on I was going to confession by the time I was in seventh grade. So 13, 
for this. Actually, <laughs> funny story. First time I ever confessed this issue, um, I thought it was uh, fornication. So as a 13-year-old boy, oh, father, uh, forgive me, I, <laughs> I fornicated. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a big word for a 13-year-old. You never... He didn't correct me, so I just kind of went with it. So, um, <laughs> wow. Wow. so second, second is shame. Shame is um, I am a bad person, right? And and that, oh gosh, I walked around with that wall of shame for for eons, right? And 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 so much so is expressed in our our conversation. I think I did of feeling that shame on my face physically, oh, yeah. not knowing what it was. And, and, and the spiritual director helped to illuminate that through some prayer and like, oh my gosh, I've been, I've been carrying this. No wonder I feel so freaking exhausted all the time. I, yes. take, I was yes. a Nazi. I was a Nazi about sleep. Like I have to get my eight hours exactly or more, or I have permission for me to be ticked off the day. Right. Oh, wow. And it's just, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that was me. But I'm a control freak, right? Along those 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 because my whole life just feels out of control. Yeah. Right? A big ball of confusion here. And then, and then you bring in because I'm condemning myself. That's what shame does. Shame gets shame. us on on the, on the front end going into a temptation. God can't provide. It's not enough. You need this. Yeah. You have to have this. You commit whatever that sin is, whatever that broken broken desire is. You go for it. And then look what you did. You screw up. You'll never be loved. Your yeah. life is over. This is irredeemable. Yeah. Hang your head in shame. Yeah. And so this weight on me over and over and over, cycle it in with the, you know, I got um I, I learned from seventh grade, right? You know, pornography is a sin somewhere along the line, some somewhere I got there. So look at pornography, masturbate, feel guilty, go to confession, um, feel free for a little bit, but then uh this is so powerful, so attractive. I don't know what to do with it. I knew nothing about the brain chemicals, the, none of this. I know nothing, none of this stuff that we teach now. Um, and that science is helping to back up what the church has always taught. And then, um, so this, this big whirlwind, uh, and, and so when you're walking around with this, the guilt, the shame, the self-hatred, right? Um, how am I supposed to enter into life? So there's a, I'm wanting to do good things because I'm an extrovert and I'm a choleric, but, um, but still doubting, doubting my, my doubting my self-worth and, and looking for affirmation in others instead of playing to the audience of one, playing to the audience of God. So yeah. it became a, a very hollowed out existence, exhausting, emotionally exhausting in, in existence, and just the weight of uh another another event to go to because I'm I'm I have certain talents. I can sing, I can dance, I can uh, you know, I can give a talk, but like People, I'm I'm not letting other people in, and yeah. I'm just bankrupt inside. Yeah, yeah, totally. the The idea how shame can so often masquerade as conviction, right? <laughs> right. Like I just think that's that's just it's such insidious, like you know, work of Satan. Um, and 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 you can see it so many times. I think when um when we're really under attack and, and even see this, this a lot of times I think you, you can see this in, um, in the media, like it, there's kind mm -hmm. of this message of, you know, don't we experience this? Like, it's not so bad. Like, come on. Yeah. I mean, <sighs> like, it's not that big a deal and everybody's doing it anyway. And like, get know, over it, get, get over right? it. Just get over and, it. but then you do it. And then Satan's like, you did what? Like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my, that's so terrible and so horrible. And God could never forgive it. So just give up. But, but, but the media does the same thing. P 
people that people have that happen to them, right? I mean, it's in our faces on a regular basis, all these terrible things. But then somebody's found out to have done something like that. And then the media blows up with like, what a terrible person this is. And and not to say that the thing isn't wrong, right? Like there's that, but it's just the the how it gets flipped so quickly, you know, on us. And we just well, I, well, I'll give you just one example on that. If if you remember, this is years ago, Britney Spears, right? Britney Spears, uh, you know, flavor of the month for the early two thousand, right? Mm-hmm. Wearing wearing very skimpy clothes, she's a sex object, and then um, something happens in business relationship where the media crucified her. Just utterly. So you're our plaything for right. a while, and then we're going to dismiss you. We're yeah. going to we've we've used you, we've abused you. Now we lose you, right? Yeah. And and the message is the person who got abused is the loser, whereas in truth, it's the people who are doing the abuser. That's right. The yeah. abusing is really the loser, right? Yeah. It, our, our 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 dignity and our worth is so darn good. Yeah. We can never be anything but beloved sons and daughters of God, That's right? It. And yeah. then throughout time. Throughout time and, and and coming around the story from the little uh, big flyover on Britney Spears' life, she would get back into it, would get back up on there. But we came to learn more of her story. She was utterly controlled by a corporation, right? She's never really viewed as a person, but an entity to make money. And the last thing I heard about Britney, and maybe I should, this is maybe there's a calling, you know, Holy Spirit maybe pop in this air to look more. Last time I heard, Britney was becoming Catholic. Wow. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. She's like, we can only hit, like, if we're honest, we're honest, uh, Margaret, we can only hit bottom long enough and then start to to ask some very real questions. What is the meaning of my life? What's the purpose of all this? Why am I I doing this? What's this body all about? Right. And and then, and here's the, this is a shout out for anybody who's thinking about maybe, maybe Catholicism isn't crazy or maybe it is crazy, but maybe I should (laughs) ask some questions. Right. All right. Uh, By the way, the people that are really important to us, we, uh, we, after they die, we chop them up into little itty bitty pieces and pass them around the world. We call those relics, (laughs) by the way. Yes. (laughs) We're weird. And there's, there's grace that's conveyed and miracles happen. So anyway, take it up with St. Peter whose shadow healed people anyway we'll leave it there so 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 from this right you 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 can only bottom out and if you're honest right and we allow god into that that's a very dangerous thing to do to let god into that space just give him a crack and i gave him a crack in my heart right so Brittany clearly is given a crack and watch what happens yeah miracles begin to happen and then the 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 noise surrounding my false identity i can actually start to either quiet it down or silence. And I just simply need to open up to hear the voice of my heavenly father who calls me good, who calls yeah. me lovable, who yeah. I am redeemed, where all I got to do is go up on his lap, be held, and it's enough. Right, right. Who really sees me. Yes. Me, all of me, yes. right. There, One of the most profound things I've learned in 16 years of, of mm. trauma therapy and counseling is you can't give people answers to questions they haven't yet asked. And we see that in people's mm-hmm. lives, how the Lord orchestrates circumstances, even that, that Satan purposes for, for evil to bring us yes. to ask those questions. So he can not just give us the answers, but be the answer. Right. And I, th- I just think it's so beautiful. Yeah. Wonder counselor yeah. that he is. Yeah. You know? well, amen. Amen. Which, which begs the question, what, well, it's a 
question will open a bigger question. What questions are you not asking about your life? Yeah. Absolutely. What questions are you not letting in? Like, because we put up, we put up walls. It's like those, for instance, uh, cause we, we, we in freedom coaching get, get, a, you know, we, we encounter, especially men who have broken marriages. They got a lot of really wounded questions uh, in, in their uh, wounded, wounded things in their marriage, marriages, especially flowing from unchaste behavior, pornography and all of that. And we find out that in their, in between he and his wife, for instance, they don't open the space up. We're not going to really answer that question and go and go deep and, and ask them not, not in a space of condemnation, but really seeking to understand. I want to hear where you're coming from because the hurtful actions that we do against each other, right? Whether we're married or not to, to that person or not, right? It's coming from a space of a genuine need that's not, it's either perceived or real genuine need that is not being met. And then if it's like pornography, for instance, it's this fantasy where it's it's just out of reach, just out of reach, right. what, what can fulfill me, right? Right. Yeah. Then I'm going to take it out on the people who are most closest to me. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So since we've brought the Lord in, into the mix, happily, yeah. very happily. He's always here, by the way. But Amen. Explicitly. Right, right. So what was going on within you at that point in terms of the use of pornography and, and the, the guilt and the shame and the self-hatred and how did, if you were going to confession, like you said, since you were in seventh grade, so how, what was that? That had to be some like cognitive dif- dissonance going on. And what was, were there ways you could see the Lord trying to reach out to you? Like, yeah. What, yeah. 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 And maybe this is a conversation for another time, but I mean, I lost my mother when I was 16 and my dad, I would lose him, lose him a, a year and a half after that, um, both the cancer. And so having, having to grow up quickly, I had, uh, I mean, confirm, my mom did a great job for all, being a single mother to, I mean, as much as she could, right. She didn't have all the pieces. Um, and again, you're dealing with trying to raise teenage boys. God bless you. Um, anyone out there, any single mother. Um, and, and so, but she would, I, I, I mean, I went to, I went to church. I, I mean, I, I remember receiving the sacrament of confirmation when I was, um, when I was in eighth grade and, and within a week I knew God, I'd always questioned whether God existed, but I knew God existed. I knew from that moment on, I knew this is real. And then it was with her passing. Actually, I started praying, started getting into here. But in the meantime, this insidious, attachment is growing a compulsion is growing that i and nobody's talking to me about this right and, uh, no nobody really to deal with it people that are important in my life to, to pull this aside can we talk about what this is doing to you emotionally can we talk about yeah, what this is going to yeah. do to your relationships right no, there was no there's no answer here and so again nature abhors a vacuum right? and your relationship so to as yourself much as primarily right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and i'm yeah and, and i discovery of who i'm who i am so i've got an attraction to to religious and religiosity and that was a part of control mm. that like it was like it, the scripture says right where the spirit of the lord is there's freedom but i would say also where where there's mere religiosity right I've lost you steve so steve you know this is the end of part one there's going to be part two coming listeners find Find us on that as well. So much more to this story. So much more to hear. Um, Steve, for people who already are interested and want to get connected to you, how can they do that? 
Sure. Thanks so much, Margaret. Uh, I would encourage that, uh, anyone who's listening, anyone who feels kind of moved by this, this discussion, head over to freedom-coaching.net. We'd love to receive you. You can send just a little simple inquiry. I've got some questions. Or if you're ready to start uh, looking, you know, I really have got these deep uh, sexual wounds, especially pornography, um, and I want, I want it to be healed. I want it to be out of my life. Uh, we'd be happy to help you there. And you send an application, and then we'll uh, be able to get you started on this. And also our own podcast, The Redeemed Vision podcast where we talk about these issues, but also go, we, we go deep into a lot of other issues uh, that are the, the framework and the context is often missing um, in those conversations. And so we go deep into those areas to help us all find answers and connection. So, um, so for listeners, that's freedom-coaching.net and that's Steve and, and his team begin to, to work you towards that freedom that the Lord longs for you to live in. May the Lord give you peace. Thank you for joining me for today's show. Please subscribe and share and check us out on wholenessandholiness.com. Follow and like us on social media. And to learn more about Sacred Heart Healing Ministries, please go to sacredhearthealingministries.com.